0: Today's episode of The Degenerate Business School is brought to you by Commercial Empires, making money since the Roman times, and Maritime Empires, similar to Commercial Empires, but with boats. All right, Berta, we're here. Friday has come again. It's uh, it's six thirty. It's happy hour. I'm enjoying a glass of wine, but you are abstaining. So yeah. good job by you. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely judging you right <laughs> about now. But, uh... Fair enough. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Uh, episode eight. Two more episodes from episode ten, which is our next arbitrary benchmark. Which I feel like is impressive to quite impressive.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that raises the bar. I feel like we have to deliver
0: some of our best content. But uh, no I also I just want to share with everyone you uh, you pulled a strong power move on on me today at work, which I was I was pretty impressed by. Which is when I went by your desk to ask you to go to Starbucks, you were on the phone, landline phone, hard leaning back, and you gave me the strong. One second power hand. And, and the, uh, the Wall Street Journal was right in front of me. <laughs> That's right. So The only bigger power move is, is showing up to a meeting that you created 12 minutes late. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for our 10th uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's kick it off uh, in macroeconomics corner. We'll return to our uh, usual batting order. I would say broadly, again, not a big news week. No, no. But it will return. In Macroeconomics Corner, uh, we're going to delve a little bit into Brexit, but we don't want to get into the political chicanery too much. Let's, in brief, give an overview. So this week, what was once the great, probably the second greatest, the greatest is America, but the second greatest empire in commercial and maritime history, Great Britain, Or the UK, who, I don't know why, there's two different names, has now degenerated into a European backwater that can't manage basic monetary policy, Robert. This week, the Parliament shot down the next measly agreement that Theresa May negotiated with Europe, and then barely agreed to basically seek an extension on the Brexit date, which is March 20th. Maybe March 29th. Not exactly sure. So, Robert, yes. does any of this actually save the British elites who architected the entire Brexit campaign from the inevitability of massive capital flight and, in essence, relegation to the junior leagues of global finance? No. I feel like this was
1: likely destined to fail from the beginning. Um, you can, you know, you can maintain this this idea that they're somehow elite, but the reality is that the economic world does not necessarily depend on the UK as much as as they'd like. I mean, they're important in <coughs> chocolate, chocolate and financial
0: services, <laughs> and uh, at one time Jaguar, yeah, which now is owned by Ford, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cadbury chocolate. Jaguars and high finance and high finance so
1: no I feel like they're essentially
0: relegated to yeah this is the beginning of the end as all great empires before them crumble they had into eternity run. they had a good run they had an excellent run the second greatest run in history The Great Britain is the LeBron James of global empires America is Michael Jordan make no mistake <laughs> But mostly because we we invented nuclear weapons, you know. So it's it's hard to compare. errors is what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, to some degree, you already see the the uh, capital flight already happening. Right. So the biggest reason that London is a global financial center, I mean, as best as we can tell, is all the most powerful financial institutions are run out of New York, and London is the best. Uh, city in the European sphere to set up uh, an entree to the European market. Common language. It's integrated into the European Union and allows all of these illustrious New York financial houses to get beta in Europe. Now, we've seen, before this deal is even completely negotiated or to the fate and the terms are completely worked out, Bank of America... Other prominent houses, they're already starting to move some of their operations to Dublin, to Paris, to Frankfurt. So at the end of all of this, it will just culminate in one giant leech out of UK as a financial center, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, more than likely. And uh, while there's probably a way for us to profit from it, realistically, the biggest impacts are going to be felt in Smaller economies who have their currencies pegged to the British pound, fools, the lot of them. or or the euro, whatever the case may be, the implications largely don't reside on us. If
0: anything, it makes our vacations slightly cheaper, but and uh, as someone who just went to London, terrible timing, it's still <laughs> ludicrously expensive, so this is justice. This is justice for you, London. $12 for a cup of coffee. $18 for a sandwich. That's not actually true. I'm being hyperbolic, but it's damn expensive there. So what you're telling me is that there's no line of sight to us profiting from the chaos. Because uh, we're not <clears throat> currency speculators.
1: Yeah, no, th- th- there's, there's not a lot there, to be honest. There might be... There might be ways to trade the currency, but if if the goal is ultimately
0: to make money, there are ways with less resistance. Yeah, and ultimately, does any of this more importantly matter to us? Does the fact that the UK, which is in the same cultural sphere as all the Anglophone countries, United States, Canada, doesn't matter that they're taking a back seat in the European market and that? Might in future be shepherded by the Irish. Are the Irish any different than the English? Does that even matter for us is what I'm asking. Probably not. No, I mean, it's just the matter of some
1: people feeling like, you know, there comes an elite status with being from the UK,
0: but... That's just because they have the accent.
1: Right, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a damn good accent, but... (laughs) Uh, does it mean anything economically?
0: No. Well, I also think uh, perversely it also speaks to the incredible strength of the American economic infrastructure because, arguably, the actual political governance of the United States couldn't be any more of a shit show than it is now. Now, obviously, we're not uh, dismantling the United States, which is, again, one of the greatest customs unions. for lack of a better term, to ever exist Uh, we're not actively shooting ourselves in the foot the way the UK is Um, but I think by contrast it does speak to the power the independent power of the American economic engine and just like the inertia of having like the entire continent under one political system versus the UK which is basically just pulling itself out of the first world economies agreed Agreed. So it's good. It doesn't matter what Yahoo we put in the presidency. It could be you. It could be you. And Facebook is still gonna make money on IG. <laughs> it does not matter.
1: I, I guess we can add president to one of the, the list yeah. of uh occupations I can do once I quit my day job.
0: Yeah, well I and, and secondarily, so if your if your economy is disproportionately staked on basically being a financial services uh back office for the new york empires you know you have to understand your place in this global ecosystem you can't just reach back into the 19th century and think you're gonna reclaim your prominence the global system they they tried a power move and it it failed well just like you tried a power move on me today by giving me the hand when i asked you to to starbucks but we went but we went on my time (laughs) all right let's let's leave the uk in the rearview mirror in businesses this week, there are really only one story merits mentioning. I will just quickly do a brief aside. GE finally cemented its like official shitty forecast for the year after hardly, you know, hardened the paint telegraphing it last week. So, I say again, go long on GE, but by now-ish? No. Not two months ago? No, no. this this Is this heading to, like, $3? Uh...
1: I believe the average price target is about six.
0: Okay, so
1: wait for five. <laughs> I guess we're going there. No, I mean, if this gets down to like seven, mm-hmm. I would buy it just because the downside is minimal at that point. You definitely want to own it long term because, I mean, it's GE. It's not going out of business anytime soon.
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: but, but yeah, I, I wouldn't buy it at nine and... and expect a smooth you know
0: smooth Fair in parallel I guess General Electric is the British Empire of corporate history yeah potentially yeah they, they brought in this guy who <laughs> wanted to restore it to its former glory and uh... failed spectacularly <laughs> yeah, I guess the biggest news and this is where a person can really profit from the chaos so Boeing Boeing is the story this week uh, in poor taste Boeing takes a nosedive Uh, Too soon? (laughs) Too soon. Uh, After two crashes, really within six months of each other, the most recent one, the crash in Ethiopia, but it calls into question the uh, safety of the 737. Next Generation 737 MAX, which apparently is having pretty terrifying issues with actually literally controlling the nose of the plane, but the inverse of a nose dive Uh, The autopilot feature Creating some condition Where the nose of the plane goes up And causes the engine to stall And the pilots don't know how to operate it Not only has it been a PR disaster for Boeing But it's market cap is down 14% uh, Basically over the last two weeks But it's really all happened in the last week So I guess the question for us As the sires of this business school is Is now the time to buy On Boeing Um in short, yes. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, largely because of the response from Boeing, which has not necessarily been to admit fault. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying the planes are fine. Y'all are just idiots who don't know how to fly them. <laughs> classic, <clears throat> classic maneuver. So if it's in fact true that the, there isn't anything wrong with the planes, then this 14% drop-off is, is a clear overreaction. Um, over the last several years, Boeing has shown strong resilience to moves like this, and we can't overlook the fact that they have, I want to say, seven years of back orders on the jets. So as long as they can continue to deliver, their earnings should continue to go up. Their deliveries should continue to go up. Their revenue should continue to go up, and it's a well-run company.
0: So they yes, they've shown an ability to debug. Yes. things like this, yes. assuming it's not a catastrophic structural issue with all the 737 Max design. But it sounds like it's basically in the software, not the hardware. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's how planes work, right? You got your software and your hardware, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. It's in the cloud, literally. Literally.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually haven't bought it just because the options are a little pricey. But if you're going to own the stock itself...
0: Go well, that's it. what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So we were looking at the options today. I mean, at this point, you you at least take a flyer on the, fa- the value play. Because right. it's down 14%, but it's kind of consistently been 14% higher. So you're probably going to recoup that over the next several months. Again, assuming right. it's not something dire. Right. And I felt like in the options for 2021, all of that upside was essentially baked in.
1: Yeah, it's calling for a price of 430 which is, call it 15% higher. Um, It's not bad by any means, I just,
0: I don't know, it's a little pricey for my taste. I agree. So the nose is up on the stock, and the nose is up on the plane, which is causing the plane... To crash into the earth.
1: Well well said.
0: Thank you. <laughs> it's
1: a little it's a little it's a little uh, morbid? Little morbid. Alright. Uh,
0: okay. Alright. <clears throat> Let's move on to our degenerate champion of the week. So, it's a name not many people will recognize. And certainly it's a name I didn't know until we went into this week. But as we peel back the layers of this incredible college bribery scandal. Which is just spectacular. A new degenerate champion has emerged from the chaos. His name is Maury Tobin. <laughs> who is Maury Tobin, you might ask? Well, apparently, Maury Tobin is the man who broke open this entire investigation. Oh, why, you might ask. Well, Maury Tobin, who is some sort of you know finance mumbo-jumbo executive who lives in Los Angeles... He was being investigated, Robert, for securities fraud, for operating a pump-and-dump scheme. And in exchange for a more lenient sentence, he tipped off the federal prosecutors to this scheme. Why, you might ask? Well, he's a Yale alumnus, and the Yale women's soccer coach was soliciting bribes to get your kid into college. Spectacular. But not only that, Robert, Maury Tobin wore a wire like it was the Sopranos, (laughs) and met the Yale women's soccer coach in a hotel room in Boston in 2018 and recorded him soliciting a $450,000 bribe to get his daughter into Yale. His daughter got into Yale anyway, but apparently it wasn't because of the bribe. It's because Yale just lets in people's children. Bribery of a different (laughs) sort. So here's what I want to ask you. I know it's a long prelude, but that's, a, that's really kind of a spectacular degenerate through line in all of this. There's just so much wrong with <laughs> that from start to finish. Well, but let's touch on the hypocrisy of all this. So let's say you are a billionaire, Robert. Billionaire Roberta Nunez, which, yeah you know, is your dream. Billionaire hedge fund manager Roberta Nunez, he decides, I really want my daughter to go to Stanford. And he calls Stanford and he says, hey, I'd really like to make a substantial donation. I would like to sponsor the construction of the Roberta Nunez Women's Volleyball Center. And they say, great, thank you, Mr. Nunez. And in exchange, without you really saying it out loud, they let your daughter, who's probably dumb, into Stanford. How is that different than the pay the soccer coach under the table in a hotel room 450 grand? Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's. It really comes down to having
1: standards. Like, I'm not saying I don't have a price, but, you know,
0: $400,000 is, is a little
1: cheap for my
0: taste. So, yeah, it's like. It kind of all depends on magnitude, right? So, if you have a billion dollars and you spend 20 million, it's classy. It's classy. 20 million on the Women's Volleyball Center. That's nice, that's prestigious.
1: It's it's the difference between an escort and a hooker. It, that's really what it is. A Toyota
0: and a Lexus. <laughs> Sorry, Lexus Toyota. Let's keep the order the same.
1: I mean, honestly, if Bob, if Bob Craft doesn't go to a uh a, a mall, mm-hmm. but instead goes to, I don't know, some some woman who I don't know doesn't work at a massage (laughs) parlor, would we really be talking about this? No. No, no, we wouldn't. Here's the other thing, It's a matter of keeping it classy. That's what it comes
0: down to. Well, the other through line is, so this guy, who is avoiding a a more punitive sentence with federal prosecutors, knew that this guy was out there, had explored this avenue, knew that if he wanted to secure his daughter's place at Yale, that he could just shelved this guy $450,000, but in his case, he knew, because he went to Yale also, that the other corrupt system of the college admissions process, legacies, would get him through the door.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I have a hard time pinpointing who truly is the most degenerate (laughs) in this whole thing,
0: because... You got billionaire... You got a billionaire. You just got guy who went there. Right. And so his kid ends getting up getting in. Right. And then you have the person paying the women's soccer coach four hundred fifty. dollars Then there's the soccer coach who accepts. Oh, true. The coach, yeah. Okay, so the coach is the worst? Or is the coach just trying to better his life? Well... If this was a, if this was a football coach, I would
1: say it's the football coach because those people are <laughs> grossly overpaid. Oh yeah. If it's the women's soccer coach, eh, you throw the guy a bone, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta say at least he's entrepreneurial.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. The kids themselves don't make a good.
0: <sighs> the kids are definitely the worst in all of this. The kids are the worst in general. A hundred percent. All right. Let's leave that in the dustbin of history, although um, one day, if we're lucky, we can keep it classy and bribe our kids' way into an elite school, but in the proper way. In the proper way. Legacy. (laughs) Women's Volleyball Center for 20 mil. That's how you do it. Having gone to Long Beach State, I don't think legacy counts for much, but uh No, but yeah, you could definitely pay for the Women's Volleyball Center. Actually at Long Beach State it's probably like three hundred grand.
1: I think it's just a net
0: <laughs> a net and a couple poles will do it. But uh Alright, well okay, so you have you're not recommending Boeing this week. I'm not. In in your stock tip corner. Uh you you've considered it heavily, but I again, did. it's too pricey for your taste. Um quick recap on your record. <clears throat> you got out of PNG, Great success. Great success. You're still in a holding pattern, your remaining positions. You're two and one, but Cisco and Aurora saw spectacular success this week. Phenomenal. Why don't you tell us how they did? So, I've
1: held Cisco for just over a month. The stock is currently up twelve point seven percent versus the S and P up four point six, and the option up fifty three percent. So spectacular! Not bad for a month. Uh, Aurora really just took off this week uh, thanks to our our buddy Nelson Peltz. Uh, <laughs> as I've said, I, I'd like to consider myself uh, an activist myself. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no one else will, but I'll consider you. <laughs> in any case, he took a he took a, an advisory role with Aurora, which made the stock just take off. Um, so, in the last three weeks, Aurora Cannabis is up thirty eight percent. The S and P is up one point seven, and the option is up sixty eight. Out a boy, E E M. Not out of the woods yet, but we're gonna sit on that one for a couple more weeks. No, but it, it's getting it's getting better. Um, it's getting better. I'm still not feeling great
0: about it, but at least I'm I'm not considering but taking an L on it. It's Just not kidding. a disaster. It's middling below the s and I think, right now. Yeah, so... I think on a weighted basis, you're crushing it. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely
1: say so. <laughs> um, EEM is up, the, the index itself is up 0.1% versus the S&P up 1.1%. And the option is down two. So, it shouldn't take much to get this out of the woods. Um, and my new pick this week is, uh, CVS. Get your drugs! CVS. I like to say there will always be sick people and so long as they're sick people, these companies will make money. Um, CVS has been getting killed since their last earnings. Um, even though they reported very strong earnings. And, uh, the speculation is that the part, well, the acquisition of Aetna is not going to work out, um, and it may So or may it's not. all
0: just merger hazard, right? That's the, what
1: the pummeling is about. Right, but then it can only go so low before you realize, like, okay, there's an actual market cap that makes sense to this company. Um, so I don't think I'm necessarily trying to catch a falling knife here. Uh, the stock was upgraded earlier in the week. And it sort of set a floor. So I did get in on that today. So now is the
0: time. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. CVS. Here's another thing I want to ask you. It's on a related note. Yeah. So, merger hazard with CVS. uh, Other prominent mergers tend, I think, to be spectacular failures. Whenever you see a company so there there are two different types of mergers I I'm gonna, I'm gonna create just two rudimentary classes of mergers here you have an established company with a bright future or at least you know uh, is established as a prominent company in the corporate constellation An example would be Facebook buying uh, Instagram when it's at a relatively low value and it's completely... Synonymous with its business prop Then you have On the order of Kraft Heinz, which we talked about Two massive incumbents Lashing together their dying horses Into a chariot and hoping for the best As an investor Do you always go short On mega mergers? I think you do Um As an investor, probably And I consider CVS Aetna a mega merger
1: Yeah, as an investor, probably
0: Um but as a trader, I... there's inefficiency in the short term, and that's what you're capitalizing on. Yes. Yes. But let me clarify: as a value investor, over the long haul, you're not long on CVS. Eh? No, absolutely not. So, I guess I would like to clarify that
1: as a trader, I don't care what I'm investing in. Mm-hmm. I've invested in things where I've never heard mercenaries, of tobacco companies. I've invested in something called Wubba Wubba. <laughs> uh, to this day, I don't know what it is, but if I can make money no on it. No one does. Uh, so yeah, my, my saying or my investing in CVS is in no way, shape, or form an endorsement of the company. I just think in the short to intermediate term, you can make money by, by owning
0: the stock. 100%. So, Which is why we've noodled yeah. on in the past. Listen, we have no morals here. Everyone knows that. It's in the title of the podcast. We've noodled in the past. doesn't make sense to buy Philip Morris right now because they're diversifying into tobacco distribution. Or, sorry, marijuana distribution. Which is a smart thing for them to do. They're a dirtbag company.
1: Uh, correct. Which actually takes me back to the, um, the Aurora Cannabis thing. I don't have a problem with uh, marijuana in by any means, but one of the things that's driving the stock to go uh, substantially higher is the idea that Nelson Peltz could get uh, a company to take a, a stake in Aurora, much like, um, who is it? Altria took a portion in Kronos, I believe, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forget. But there's another one, um, there's another large consumer packaged goods company that took a stake in a marijuana company so in any case uh no that this definitely supports the idea that you sort of just take a piece you write it higher and you get out like i'm I'm not overly concerned with the actual future of the company
0: and that is a lesson for us all there is no future for brexit and there's no future for cvs to be clear,
1: uh, I do want to uh, give you the actual trade I did on CBS. Just oh yeah, that might help. Um, I bought the 2021 strike, 2021 expiration, fifty-five dollars strike call for
0: nine forty-five for the win. For the win, as always. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. The greatest commercial and maritime empire in the history of the world. Take that, Great Britain. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week. Farewell.